Hello, family and friends. We're here for day four with Derek and Jody Bollinger, pastors of New Creation Life Church in Sparta, Tennessee. And on day three, we got to Derek building an altar in his cell and receiving Jesus. And I'm just going to kick it over to you, Derek, to continue on from that point. Yes, sir. Thank you, Greg. But we was we was talking about uh, you know being in that cell and, and um, just that encounter that I had with Jesus and um, like I said I didn't didn't have nobody to disciple me at that time and, and, and no preachers in there to, to to speak with they would come around and and uh, there there was an older preacher that that did come around and, and he he would talk to you a little bit he'd just look at us you know he was a humble man and but I remember I remember years after that I'm gonna I'll take you back to that cell in a minute but I want to touch on this to to say that that. To, to anybody out there that, that might be think their ministry is not important, uh, that their prayers are not important, you, your prayers could be, you know, pushing God's judgment back and and and, and mer- you know extending His mercy to people. And I remember years later, after being out uh, and being in there, and, and I done called into the ministry, called to preach, uh, and answered that call. But I was in there praying one day, and I went into a vision, and and it was like I was in the camera looking into that pod. That I was in, I knew it was the maximum security pod that I was in. I was in there for a long time. I can remember every every detail of it, you know. And I remember seeing that preacher. It was like God showing me something from His eyes. And I remember that preacher. He would just come by. He just talked. He loved on you, prayed for you if you needed it. He'd go on. You'd be drinking in there. You know, he wouldn't. You know, he wouldn't bother you any of that. You know, he was just there to share love with you in gospel. And the Lord let me see this in that vision. Uh, he walked around. He would put his hand on the doors and he would pray. You know, over all the doors and stuff. And I, I know, I know that had an impact yeah. and that had an effect on on why I'm here today. Yeah. You know, that preacher's prayers. He didn't make it known, but but God let me see that years later. But back to that cell after I'd hit my knees that day and and had repented, hit that place of true godly sorrow. I'd let the world go. I'd let everything go. You know, that's the place that you receive. That's the place that you truly receive salvation. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, holding on to anything, you, you're, you're, you're gonna, you're not gonna get it. Yeah. You, you've got to let it all go. Yeah. You've got to hit that place. And I hit that place, but I think once the Lord started showing me, He said, He said, get this stuff out of yourself. Got it out, and, and that's why I say I was in deep. But Jesus came and He led me up out of it. Yeah. Uh, but. The Holy Spirit was already ministering to me and teaching me and, and, and things like that and showing me to go back into my life and deal with the things in my life that that now I see ministries that are geared towards that. Nothing wrong with, with some of those, but but he was like showing me, you know, deal with these issues, yeah. deal with these things, forgive these people, you know, don't hold anything toward nobody. Don't, yeah. don't you know, I couldn't anyway as much as I've been forgiven. There's nobody yeah. I could ever hold. I could never hold unforgiveness for anybody for, yeah. you know, and uh, but anyway, uh, had, had had got out uh, three years. I spent three and a half years. I spent in solitary confinement, and ended up going to high close, and and then to the compound before I had actually got out of prison. But I remember telling the Lord this in the cell. My heart had changed. Of course, I'd been a part of this organization for ten years and had given my life to it, mm-hmm. you know, and and thought that was what I was going to be for the rest of my life. I mean, I'm tattered all over with it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but now my heart's changed, and I don't understand it. But I remember being in that cell. Take you back just a little bit. 
walking around in that cell, I had hope in me for the first time in my whole life. I had hope. I'm not talking about just wanting to get out and get a drug or not that kind of. I'm talking about hope inside of me that I was coming out of prison one day, that I wasn't going to be a criminal no more. And I couldn't tell you anything other than that. I couldn't lay it out for you in a plan. But I had this hope inside of me that I had never had before. And then, and that's why I say I was in deep, and Jesus came and he led me. He led me up out of this place and protected me. But I told him in that cell, I said, I said you let me walk out of this prison. I said, I'll do everything that I can for you. And sure enough, man, I mean, I was in the worst prison in Tennessee at that time. I mean, I could tell you stabbing after stabbing after mm-hmm. stabbing and, and incident after incident after incident, you know, that could have cost, you know, uh, it could have cost me life in prison. It could have cost me death before I walked out of there. But one day, he allowed, he allowed me to walk out, and I didn't know where to go. I didn't have you know, I had family back in East Tennessee, but they were all scattered, and, and so nothing really to do. The Holy Spirit was like, you can't go back to where you used to live. Well, I had nowhere to go, no, nobody to go to. Yeah. And the only thing I could do was was trust in this this Jesus that I had met. Yeah. And and that that he he done this he could he he delivered me from drugs he can do anything yeah. I knew that yeah. I had that knowing, yeah. and so I began to pray Lord where do you want me to go and he highlighted Cookville Tennessee, yeah. and then all of a sudden I get this text on my cell phone I know I wasn't supposed to have a cell phone but we had cell phones in prison <laughs> you know what I'm saying I wasn't I wasn't all the way sanctified I was being <laughs> sanctified Amen. understand what I'm saying to you you know what I'm saying we were still in a work in progress okay yeah. and God understood that okay yeah. and he he was merciful during that time but. I get this text on my phone. It was from a lady named Yolanda. So I was like, Yolanda? That sounds like a black lady. You know what I'm saying? And I'm a, I'm a high-ranking member of the, the, the white supremacist organization, you know. Mm-hmm. And this black lady texted me and said, hey, uh, you know, you ain't going to have to worry about anything. We, we're going to come and get you from the bus station. We're going to take you, do whatever you need to do. You know, we've got a whole wardrobe of clothes. I didn't know how I was going to get clothes or anything. we got a whole wardrobe of clothes for you. And all this, and you know, God, in a sense of hum- humor, you know, he he put two black ladies to pick up a high-ranking Aryan Nation member, okay, <laughs> to God. to to take him wherever he needed to go. And listen, to this, and you know, God, God, he's very smart. Now look, at this. he sent two of them, so there'd be accountability. Mm-hmm. It wasn't one lady that picked me up. I've yeah, been in prison man. for a long time. Come on, you understand? Yep. You know, you know, had, had, you know what I'm saying? Yep. So he sent two ladies. Yep. Okay, and they were black ladies, not to make it about color, but mm-hmm. you got to understand where I'm coming from, yes. where I'm at, okay, yeah. and what's going on here. When I look back at it, and I thought, wow, what mercy, what grace. So I'm getting yeah. on the other side of this, but it had led me to Cookville, Tennessee. So I took a one way ticket to this place called Cooksville. I like to say Cooksville, but Cooksville, Cookville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and uh, didn't know nobody, had no family there. Had had I was going to a, I got connected and God opened some doors for me to go to a halfway house where I wasn't using drugs okay mm-hmm. for three years because I've been delivered from drugs so now I'm saving the money I am hustling I'm not mm-hmm. saying I'm doing it all right but yeah. still being sanctified yep but was led there uh, to Cookville knew I needed to get into church somewhere like I said had nobody didn't know anything I didn't know anybody just got off there in faith and uh, God started just providing people and and things like that. And I went to a halfway house and there was a church at the top of the hill. And I knew I needed to be in church with other believers that knew this Jesus that I knew. I couldn't tell you anything other than that. So I walked up to the church one day and walked in and I was open book with them. I had nothing to hide. I mean, here's what it is. Here's who I am. I'm not here for no ulterior motive. All I want to do is come in. I want to worship and I want to hear the word. And walked in that day, and they loved me. They, it was it was a free will Baptist, and they, they took me in, and they they didn't they didn't never judge me. You know what I'm saying? They just mm-hmm. and I never quit going to church. Mm-hmm. 
I remember I remember the day came and, and, and the organization was reaching out to me and stuff and, and I loved a lot of them and I didn't know how to break this. I'd been there for ten years and we had been through a lot. We'd been we'd been on the battlefields together in, in that life mm-hmm. and, and and didn't know and they kept calling me saying, Hey, you need to get back involved. You need to get back into this. You need to pick back up what you what you've been doing. My heart's changed. My heart ain't with it. And and I, I'm in this I'm in this battle. And I, I contact the, one of the guys and I said, Hey, I need to talk with you. You know, he's he's actually holding the rank that I used to hold. Mm-hmm. And and he was actually in the organization because I recruited him in a county jail. And now I'm out. So, uh, but 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 he didn't know what to do again. Uh, but to trust in this Jesus, trust in this God that had that had delivered me, that had set me free from this drug addiction. And so I go up to the church that day. I had nobody to call. I had no dad to call. I had no father. And I'm not trying to make it. I'm just telling you facts, and that's it. I'm not saying poor, pitiful me in any way. Mm -hmm. I'm saying I had nobody to call at that moment, nobody that I could reach out to, to ask questions to, to help, any kind of help or anything. And uh, But I went up to the church that day, and the pastor was there. And I said, Pastor, I said, listen, I said, "Uh, this is the situation. I've got to get out. I know what it takes to get out. I've been on the other end of that many a times. I need you to pray with me. And uh, we got down to the altar, and uh, we prayed that day. It was on a Wednesday night. Three days before that, I'd sent a text and hadn't heard nothing. And I uh, got down, and uh, we prayed at the altar that day. That's the only thing I knew to do is pray. Trust this God that had set me free, that he'd walk me through it, that, he, that he'd protect me. Amen. And we, I got up from that prayer. I walked down. I walked out of the church that day. It was dark that night. I, I'd walk back and forth to the church. and had no license, had no vehicle. You know, I was working on getting a job and uh, and walked down there and I had such a peace. We're going to continue on with that tomorrow, Derek. If you would say just a quick prayer for our listeners, please. Yes, Father, we, we love you today. We give you praise. We, we thank you for this opportunity uh, to stand here, God, to exalt your name because it's all about you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Our lives are just a reflection of your goodness, your mercy, your love. That's all it is. God, I pray today that those listening will begin to be a reflection of heaven, will begin to be a reflection of your glory. And God, that wherever they're at, that they know that they can call on you, that they can trust you, that you're going to protect them, you're going to be a shield to them, you're going to be, what if they abide in you, Lord, and your words abide in them, they'll ask what they will, and you said it will be done. And so God, I pray right now that they'll begin to, uh, there'll there'll be a strength and a knowing that will come up in them of what it means to abide in you and to trust in you and and the relationship with the living Creator today, being led by your Holy Spirit, Lord. I pray that that would be awakened in those that are listening to me today. I pray, God, that you would begin to be more real to them than you ever have before, that they can can take you at your word. They can believe what you have said to them. They They can count on it. They can trust you with everything that they have. And I pray that over them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And Derek, what's the Facebook contact information again for the folks? Uh, The Facebook contact information is Derek Keith Bolinger. And then we'll direct you to our ministry page, which is New Creation Life Ministries. Praise God. Folks, we love you all. Please go talk to someone about Jesus today. And remember, Jesus thought about you on the cross at Calvary.